Centuries ago, the prophet Jeremiah looked at the condition of the people of God and of the world around him, and his heart was grieved and broken. He wanted to give up, he wanted to quit. He just wanted to, just to say to himself, there's no hope, but there was something inside of him. He called it a fire shut up in his bones, and that fire caused him to stand up and preach the gospel, to preach it with truth. And we are calling on pastors today to be united for spiritual awakening and revival and a move of God across our land today. That's why World Challenge, myself and others are doing these pastors conferences, two national pastors conferences next year, to call pastors to put that fire back in their soul, that fresh wind, that fresh fire, that fresh passion. We'll be in San Diego in February and in New York City at Times Square Church. My dear friends, Pastor Carter Conlon, Pastor Tim Delina, Claude Oud, Ron Brown, R.T. Kendall, John Bailey, and many others will be teaching, preaching with great worship leaders. So join us in February or in August, San Diego, New York. We will answer for everything, we've, every word before God. So, so the, the pursuit, the constant pursuit, is never to compromise on what the Bible, and never to, to cave into the culture, and never to give an inch to, it's a, it's a no condemnation, no compromise battle. Welcome once again to the Gary Wilkinson Podcast. So glad you're with us. We're thrilled to have with us today, Pastor Claude Oud. I think it's gonna be intriguing because he pastors in a culture that is very unchurched, very uh, nominal, if anything, religiously, um, probably 0.5% would be considered evangelical Christians. And he is pastoring a church that has five, 6,000 people now. How did he do that? How did he, how, how did he in a pagan nation see such a move of God? We in America, the United States of America, need to hear his message because we are moving towards the place that places like France and England and uh, most of Europe is now once an evangelical fire, uh, heart on fire for God nations uh, have, have lost that flame. And um, so these are, Claude is a pastor who's pastoring in that kind of culture. We may find ourselves, unless there's a miracle, unless there's a revival, unless there's a spiritual awakening, a move of God, we will find ourselves pastoring and leading and ministering as Christians in a culture very much like the pagan Europe and the pagan Canada. And so I asked in this first episode, I asked him some questions about uh, how do we conduct ourselves? What what hope do we have? What what, what can we do? And, and his answer, I think, is brilliant. It's, it's a Jesus, it's a Christ-centered answer. Hey, hey, welcome, Claude. Glad to have you with us on our podcast. Uh, it's great to be with, a, uh, you know, on this podcast, we meet a lot of new people, but it's great to be with a, uh, an old friend. It's good to see you, my brother. Nice to see you too. We've traveled the world together, so it's great to be together on this podcast. Hey, do something none of our other guests have ever been able to do on our podcast. Could you greet our audience in French? Just tell them something nice in French. Ouais, ça me fait plaisir de saluer tous nos amis de World Challenge partout à travers la francophonie. Quelle joie uh, d'être avec vous aujourd'hui. What a joy to be with all our friends from the French world today on the World Challenge podcast. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't and translate it yourself because I was going to say what Claude just said was Gary Wilkerson is the greatest minister he's ever met in his life. <laughs> yeah, please remember there's a lot of French, uh, a lot of people understanding French watching this podcast. So be be careful. Be, be careful in your free, tri, uh, free translations. <laughs> yeah, I know. Even my wife who's learning French is, uh, <clears throat> could give me some trouble with that. Well, thanks for taking the time. Uh, I know you're busy, uh, but uh, there's some really important things we want to discuss today. You're, you're, um, let me just take a few seconds to tell our audience uh, 
you know, uh, Claude has been pastoring for uh, almost 30 years. Is that right? Yeah, 29 years. 29 years. And so you started in a, a, with just a handful of people, and now you're up in the multiple, multiple of thousands of thousands of people planting churches all around the region, even around the world, and uh, have a, a school for uh, students that you send out into ministry as well. What is different about culture and pastoring in that culture now compared to when you started? Oh, I think so many things have changed. Uh, the uh, I love the passage that the um, sons of Issachar, uh, they knew what to do because they understood the days in which they were living. And I find that, it, that, I find that it's something that, uh, that continually um, is one of the greatest needs for us as leaders is to seek. Uh, there's some things that are eternal, that are unmovable, but the culture is certainly changing. Just if we think just of the um, uh, social media, the rise of social media, uh, and, and how Christians are, are bombarded now uh, with, with constant uh, 24 hours of uh, bombardment on, on all sides. And, and we see even like during the pandemic, how um, the, the pandemic divided Christians in a way uh, that, that uh, pastors that have been 30, 40, 50 years in ministry, in the ministry, we've never seen anything like it. It was just, and everybody uh, kind of locks themselves in a chamber of echoes or in a, ro- a, a mirror room where everybody just thinks like I do and, and just feeds on, on what I'm thinking already and takes it to extreme. So, so navigating through this, um, th- th- to me, that's one of the big, uh, culture change and also the multi-generational, uh, b- a church of 29 years like ours. I have a multi-generational staff. So, um, it, the, the adjustments, uh, to serve with millennials and the, uh, the honoring of what we call here, the, the older treasure and, and, and how we can, uh, bring the new treasure in. Jesus, Jesus said it's an amazing passage. Um, the wise, the wise um, scribe and leader of the house knows how to pull from the old treasure and the new treasure. And that for us is a pursuit. Uh, what's the old treasure that's in, that's immovable? You can't change. Don't touch that. Don't try to alter that. Um, but what is the new treasure? What is the new thing that God is doing? Uh, and, and, and how do we, how do we address this generation? Yeah. Yeah. So you not only multi- <clears throat> multicultural, but, you know, when, uh, or let me ask you this way. So you, when you started your church the, and now 30 years later, the one thing that's probably stayed the same there is you are, you are ministering in a pagan culture. You're ministering in a, a very much a non-Christian. So 30 years ago, all American pastors and American Christians, United States Christians, were living and operating in a quasi-Christian culture. So we're just now learning to, like, you know, we're in shock. Like, oh, wait, we live in a non-Christian culture now, or we live in a pagan culture. So you've been in it for 30 years. Can you give us some advice of how to, uh, how to minister, how to live, how to, how to think? Yeah, and, and if anything actually for the province of Quebec is that the culture in the last 30 years has gone even in a deeper way, in a very, very uh, deep and dark antichrist, in the ethos, in the social ethos, media. Just to give you a, some examples, you you do not have one pro-life, not one pro-life member of parliament here in in, in Quebec. 
Um, so uh, not one. And it, there's no, uh, even in the most um, liberal states, because uh, I've traveled, I think, in about 40 American states out of 51, the even in the most liberal states, I was in New York a, a couple weeks ago, you still have a, a body of believers. You still have an, an understanding and knowledge of what Christians are uh, that we don't have here. So we've lived in the last tw- uh, 29 years, uh, the miracle of where sin abounds and darkness abound, well, grace will much more abound. And the, the, the light will shine brighter uh, in, in the darkest. But but in, ter- in terms of uh, of addressing that culture, for us, the what, what has been one of our, our, our foundation is really, really to stay on our, our mission, which is to proclaim Christ, to proclaim Christ. We, we are careful not to be, um, constantly pulled in and entangled with a lot of social issues that, that, uh, uh that are here so, so predominant and so one-sided. There's no other voice in Quebec. There's only one voice, which is cr- crazily liberal and crazily antichrist. So when we put our finger into that battle, um, whole portions of the population's don't even want to, that don't know us, only get to know us in their minds as to what we're against. So, so if I take the, um, the issue of abortion, for example, which is you guys, it's burning right now in the United States. And well, for the last 29 years, we proclaim life from the womb. We, 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 we proclaim the message of the, uh, but we also have different agencies that help young women that when they come in and say, I'm pregnant, they come to our food bank and say, I'm pregnant. Uh, if they want to keep the baby, well, we're there the whole pregnancy. We're there after for two years, providing diapers, food, coaching, teaching. So, so it's a pro-life, pro-life ministry. Uh, without the, the constant battling and fighting. Now, again, I'm not imposing this on other, but I, I, here in the province of Quebec, we had no compromise on proclaiming the message, but being very conscious of not entangling ourselves in that constant battle. Good word for us here in the United States, uh, you know, because I think if we're not careful, we can, uh, I'd say we're rightfully engaged in cultural issues, but if we're not careful, that becomes our only message, and Christ can becomes a diminished part of our message. And uh, thank you for saying, you know, keep keep Christ front and center. Yeah, I would I would add this um, in terms of a secular uh, ministering to a secular, totally secular society. Uh, children here. There's no Christian schools. There's no Christian radio. There's no Christian programming. There's no Fox News French version of it. There's not. There's none of that. And, and you still have less than two percent of the population that are evangelical. So, so the majority just grow up with absolutely no no Christian thought whatsoever. But pound into them an anti-Christian, anti-Christ, anti-biblical message from from elementary school. So, so the the miracle that takes place is that as we preach Christ, it, the incredible thing is the 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 veil as Scripture promises. The veil is lifted from their eyes. And once they become Christian, uh, as they are taught Christian principles, as they are taught Christian, uh, the, the Christian position on some of these issues, that the Holy Spirit does the work in their heart. We're, we're trying to be careful not to try to have the, 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 the argument with people that are unsaved and try to, to convince them of Christian values before they're saved. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that makes sense. Yep. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but that's uh, that that's one of the uh, cornerstone here. I lo- I love it. It um, it makes a lot of sense, and I think it's a good it's a good reminder because I think it's so easy here in the United States to get more riled up about cultural issues than it is about somebody's lost and doesn't know Jesus. And so I think keeping keeping first things first is what's probably a good message here for the United States at the season we find ourselves in. And having somebody who's in a different culture to remind us of that, I think is, uh, I'm glad you could do that. That's, that's important because you could, you know, you, you could, uh, you, you know, because you're, you're not just working in Montreal or Quebec, uh, but all of Canada, all of the French speaking world, which is, that's where, you know, most of the battles we're facing in America, if we, if we were to take us some time, which we won't, if we were to take some time to talk about some of these cultural issues, abortion and post-millennialism, uh, post-modernism, you know, most of that stuff started in France, uh, you know, the French philosophers. Uh, so, you know, you, you could easily engage in that. But I just I love that. That's one of the things I love about you is, you know, you keep you keep Christ Christocentric message, Christocentric pastorate. Yeah. And I, and just on that to close, I, I, I would add it's a. It's the constant searching also as a as a man of God, as a minister, as a communicator, because I'll we will answer for everything we've every word before God. So so the the pursuit, the constant pursuit is never to compromise on what the Bible and never to, to cave into the culture and never to give an inch to it's a it's a no condemnation, no compromise battle. So, so, and that, that we have, this is, this is Jesus with the lady, the woman, uh, the, the, the uh, sinful woman caught in adultery. Uh, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. So that is, that's the pursuit. And, and it's very, uh, I, I battle this and pray this through every day of my life. Cause I, I, the, uh, the culture is so vile and the temptation to, to just try to be accepted and to try to be. So it's a no condemnation. Um, no compromise pursuit and Christ-centeredness pursuit in everything we do. Mm. Praise God. It's good stuff. After listening to Pastor Claudude and our discussion uh, about the need to be faithful, to preach and proclaim Jesus in the midst of a culture that is, in, in Canada, his environment is is and has been very unchurched, ungodly, pagan even, if you will. If there's not awakening, a spiritual revival in America, we're headed in that same direction. I pray that it doesn't go that route, but Europe has, England has, France has, Canada has, and and we need to be on our knees desperately that America doesn't go in that same direction. It is headed that way, but it's not too late for a move of God. We believe there, there there's a fire shut up in our bones here at World Challenge and and other pastors like Claude and others that we work together. And we're doing these pastors conferences because we believe that God uh, has yet to do uh, an amazing work in our midst. And so I wanna pray for us now. I wanna pray for pastors, leaders, Christian workers, Fam- heads of family, moms who are ra- wanting to raise up godly children in the midst of a, if you look at the education system now, uh, you're maybe afraid to send your kids to school. They're learning about all kinds of sexually perverted ideas, being exposed to, to concepts. Uh, the Bible is, 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 is cast aside. Prayer is illegal. And we're seeing, you know, the reaping the wind, sowing the whirlwind. 
is what's happening. And so I want to pray for us and I'll pray for you. Father, I start by praying for children in the education system. Lord, if if, uh, if there's any opportunity for some to become homeschooled or find a Christian school or a charter school that is not spouting out all this ungodly filth, I pray that you would direct us in those places. For those who have to be in an environment, uh, there's no other option or choice. We pray, God, that not only would you protect them and watch over them, but you would raise them up to be a witness, a light in the midst of darkness, that, that in that secular culture, of a a perverse education system, God, that you would have not only children, but even teachers as well, uh, leaders, principals, educators, writers of curriculum. God, raise up uh, many wonderful godly leaders to to make a difference, to bring change and change the trajectory of the spiritual declension in our nation. We pray for mothers now. Lord, I pray that they would see uh, a unique role, whether they work outside of the home or not, but yet they have a a primary responsibility uh, if they have boys to raise up masculine godly boys who have the fire in their bones, to raise up godly women who who have... uh, truth and they resonate with fearlessness and they proclaim love and power and truth in the midst of a this culture that we're talking about that needs that truth from godly young men, godly young women. Pray for fathers, Lord, that they would not negate the responsibility, but they would press in to know that their, that their their first and primary task, their highest calling, so to speak, their, their if they're pastors, that, that their greatest role of pastoring is to pastor their wife and children. And so we pray over that right now in the name of Jesus, that that the, the, the level of responsibility for our own homes would be raised up within us, whether we're pastors or not, that we would see ourselves as godly fathers. Lord, we cannot raise up children unless we have it ourselves. So put that love for you in our heart, that respect for your word, that desire to raise up a family that honors you and that makes an impact and a difference in this world. We pray for our churches. God, forgive us. Remove from us the the the, the stain of seeking fame and fortune and riches, the stain of uh, producing churches that are just entertainment bastions of foolishness. And, and instead, God, bring us back to faithful proclamation of the full gospel of Jesus Christ, of preaching the word of God in its totality, of not cowering or fearing from preaching about repentance, about sin, about hell, about eternal judgment, but also about grace to live a godly life in the midst of a wicked generation, the grace to be lights shining in darkness, the grace to, to not only preach the truth, but to live the truth. Father, I pray for worship leaders, God, that they would not just be seeing themselves as rock stars putting on concerts, but but moving the congregation into true, holy, reverent, uh, humbling worship where we see God most high and lifted up. Lord, help us to flee from songs that are more about how we can ascend or climb mountains and how devoted we are to you and sing songs once again that glorify how, how great you are, the old how great thou art. Lord, and I'm not advocating we have to sing old hymns all the time, but even new songs being written, new sermons being preached, but about the old gospel, bringing in treasures old and new. We thank you for that. And God, we're asking to give us hope, to give us faith, to give us endurance, to keep us, God, in this hour. That, that in these last days, God, you would raise up a not only a holy remnant, but a holy remnant so empowered by your Holy Spirit that there would be a repetition once again, a reenactment, if you will, in our generation of the book of Acts, where 
where like in Ephesus where thousands and thousands got saved and turned from their witchcraft, Lord. And many around the world today are in one form or another of witchcraft. It could be the, the the just simply as deception or you said rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and we're seeing rebellion on the streets rebellion in our schools rebellion in even in in congress and in, in government and in, even in the presidential office rebellion from your truth from believing your word is enduring it's lasting it's powerful it's sharper than a two-edged sword god and we've turned from that and we repent and we pray for our nation now, God, that you would once again uh, give us hope, give us joy, give us favor, that we might could turn the tide and find life and life abundant. We give thanks for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in the mission of World Challenge. Thank you for listening and supporting. World Challenge, transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ. Visit us online at worldchallenge.org.